this is Comic Picks by the Glick. Yeah, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey, Jason, how are you doing? I'm all right, John. Yourself? Oh, I'm traveling um, on the road. That's the reason why I sound a little different. Uh, you're exactly where you were at the last time we did this recording. So, um, yeah, and I'm no, I'm not on vacation. So, But, uh, you know, we've managed to get this out anyway. So um, <laughs> that's really a good thing. So, um, yeah. Uh, I'll just say that it's a, a great deal colder, a great deal colder here than it is where we come from. So yeah, and you're doing all this work for the good of our country, right? Yes, that's right. I'm doing it for the good of my pocketbook. I'm here for the paycheck, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Okay. All right. So with that being said, do you know what you're going to have on tap tonight? Okay. Well, I know last time I was threatening to talk about all the the. Uh, Tiles that begin with D um, for, my, for my podcast. But then I figured, <laughs> you know, fuck it. I'm just going to pull Mulligan and talk about Batman again because I've got two um, bat, um, bat titles um, in my review queue. One of which is, is just fine. The other one tries for something more ambitious. And, um, well, it's like, I guess it succeeds. But the um, way of getting there, you know, it's like, I guess it could have been better served. So, all right. So basically... Talking about the um, fourth volumes of Batman Detective Comics and um, Batman proper. Now, if you've been reading the site, you know that um, I've been kind of um, like, like, um, like fine about um, James Tinian's run on Detective Comics. He's basically turned it into a team title. You know, it's like, well, Batman is essentially the head. But you've also got um, Bat, like Batwoman, um, Luke Fox, Batwing, like now Azrael, Clayface, Cassandra Kane. Um, Batgirl. Um, oh, and you know Tim Drake is um, was on board for the first arc, but you know he's quote unquote dead. Um, spoiler is like doing her own thing, and we'll find out again shortly. It's like, but you know, it's like you got this like this team dynamic here, and well, it's like it's been it's been fine. It's like I some of the uh, like reviews I've read where it's been says, hey, this is like the best like you know X Men type book. It's like out there. It's like no, no, it's not. But um, Volume 4 is actually pretty interesting in the sense that it's an Azrael-centric volume. Because um, for those of you who don't... If, you've, if you have long memories, remember he's the guy who replaced Batman when his back was broken by Bane back in the 90s. And he was just like, you know, Batman, but only really more violent. And so naturally he had to be taken back down so Batman could re, re, like retain his, reclaim his title and the status quo could be restored. Okay, and um, he was then he was brought back in the pages of Batman and Rob, Batman and Robin Forever. It's like more like I'm kind of intact as um, as a remember, as a uh, ultra like as an as an ultra de- dedicated follower of the Order of Saint Saint Dumas, like an order like a religious order that's dedicated to uh, purging the world of evil. He um, rejected their followings and is now um, working with. Um, it's like with Batman's crew in Gotham. And um, it turns out that, but as we find out like early on, it's like, well, like once he left, um, the Order of St. Dumas um, instigated this, um, like this new program to replace him. And it's a literal program by the name of As- Ascalon. It's an, a- it's an AI, it's a program to uh, help purge, purge the world of sin. It's like, and so it's just yet, it's like, um, a- zealot AI, it's like AI that, that's um designed to that's um but that's intended Gotham to it's like to um rid it of sin, and 
And yeah, like that's that's bad news for like everyone who lives there because we all know that like um, how bad Gotham is. Um, compared to uh, like previous volumes in Tinian's run, it's like this is um I'd say this is definitely one of the one of the better ones. I mean, it's not nearly as bad as um as volume two where he decided, hey, you know what? Let's pick apart the uh, underpinnings of the superhero genre. It's like for for drawing attention. It's like no, no, don't do that. It's like, it's like, yeah, it's like maybe if I was fifteen, um, it's like, like I could, I could, I could um, find such a premise radical. But you know, it's like, are there really any fifteen-year-olds um, reading um, Batman, Batman comics these days? Maybe, but it's like, you know, majority of Batman readers are just like old, cynical bastards like me. So there you go. But um, this one actually does does set up some good, like some good drama between um, the idea of like this. It, this zealot AI uh, taking on Batman and his crew, and, as well as um, Azrael's um, old um, um, psycho program- programming reasserting itself in the process. There's also a fun subplot um, building on the events of the previous volume, where um, where Batman found out that you know his memory regarding the uh, League of Shadows was wiped by um, Ra's al Ghul, that now he has to find find defenses against Matt, new defense against magic in order to. Like in order to fight back against that, his first person he calls for that is none other than um, Zatanna Zatara. So we get some, so we get some fun, um, like flashbacks, talk showing um their their history together. It's like, and how it all culminates in like, in the idea that you know Zatanna's got this this uh, like a magic device that will grant grant people the the uh, it's like the all the answers it's like answers they seek. So so overall, it's like it's. It's a fun volume, and there's some there's some nice clever clever bits in it, especially when you find when um Lucius Fox Batwing, um like finds out you know finds out just how they can resist how like how his AIs can resist um ask um Ascalon's infiltration, and also there's a nice and also like the um, rookie or the uh, it's like the Batbot from Scott Snyder and Gary Capullo's Super Heavy run also makes its um reappearance in the, like in the story here and actually plays a nice like a nice role in it. It's like, like in it too. It's like, and the, the uh, logic behind that, um, Fox employs in order to, um, help, like, um, help Azrael fight, fight back against the, uh, against the programming, against this programming. It's also, um, pretty, pretty clever as well. Overall, it's a nice, solid, solid story that, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with it. I mean, it's, I can't, I can't say that, um, Tinian's, um, detective comics run has really been, Excellent, but it's been you know, fine. It's like about it's like it's kind of like Batman Batman comfort food as far as I'm concerned. I mean, it's like if you're looking for, if your standards for Batman, it's like if you are exceptional, then you're probably going to be just be a little bit bored by this. Otherwise, if you like reading like a good Batman comic that also doubles as a team book, you know this will this will do the job so far. Anyway, um, but you know, getting to the uh, Excellent Batman proper, which is still DC's regularly best-selling book. Um, you know, like uh, the War of Jokes and Riddles, it's like is was something that um, had a lot of high expectations um, um, tied to it because aside from the fact that writer Tom King had actually had tried to set, set the story up in his um, previous volumes, also this, this is also kind of like um, 
it's kind of a, a de facto sequel to um, Snyder and Capullo's excellent um, Zero Year storyline, where they rewrote um, Batman Year Run in their own image and succeeded tremendously. I mean, yeah, it's like it's kind of disappointing that um, Batman Year One ex- no longer exists in the, this current iteration of DC continuity. But when the replacement is Zero Year, um, you know, it's like it's not act- it's it hurts a lot less, to be honest. But um, the War of Jokes and Riddles, like as the name implies, um, is focuses on the on a conflict between the Riddler and and the Joker. Now this takes place, at, like as I mentioned, very early in Batman, like in Batman's tenure. It's like so, you've got uh, so, but um, and both of the um, these villains are at an impasse. Um, the Riddler, um, you know, can't you know can't figure out Batman, and the Joker, um, like. He can no longer laugh because Batman um, beats him at every turn. So when the Riddler goes to the Joker and proposes, you know what, we team up together to find him and take him out. It's like, and then you'll be able to laugh again, won't you? And the Joker's like, hmm, maybe. Or maybe this will work. And then just shoots Riddler in the gut. That sets off a war between a war between them, as you would expect. And um, Gotham suffers mightily for, like in the meantime. Now, the story um, does pose some strong individual issue to issue writing from 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 Tong King because as as he tells the story is basically told in flashback as um it's like as Batman or, or Bruce Wayne is telling this to Selina Kyle Catwoman it's like after, like in the wake of his uh, marriage proposal to to her at the end of the previous volume so he like he um he doesn't quite believe that he's worthy of it's like of um of like um someone falling in love with him, and um he he wants her to know like this one terrible thing he did, um so that she'll she'll know that like his like his true measure. It's like and well will and like would she accept him because of that? Well, it's like the problem with the story is that in telling it in flashback, most of the story is just um King telling us a story. It's like it's like we get. But we don't really get like um, into the nitty gritty of of individual con- conflicts. I mean, there are lots of um, in, like interesting individual scenes, like when the Riddler winds up in a uh, like in a back alley um, clinic that that has some fascinating parallels to the um, to um, Tim Burton's 1989 Batman movie. You've got Joker um, trying to laugh again, like in like in the mirror and failing. It's like, or like, it's like, or when he talks about you know getting Carmine Falcone's mom's teeth in order to um, like um, make her smile, make a smile on his desk after um, he's failed to kill the Riddler. Um, yeah, it's like a lot of the stuff is, like I said, it's it's, it's interesting and thre- and um, compelling on a conceptual level, but um, it's like, like I said, it's just. Um, like I said, we're just being told and not like shown, shown this stuff. It's like, man, it's like it's. It's like I mean, and like I said, there's it's kind of disappointing because there's good because there's good stuff throughout. Um, the conflict moves along, but then you, but like when it comes to like scenes like you know the uh, like the uh, dead like the dead shot, uh, and um. 
the Deadshot and Deathstroke um, sniper battle. It's like, I mean, we get two scenes of them like setting up a, uh, I guess, like sniping at each other from across the, uh, the two pages of them sniping across each other from across Gotham, and then like a nice um, visual collage talking about their um, fights for um, over the course of four days. It's like, you know, it's like these dull, dull page spreads from Michael Jannon, the artist, are really nice. It's like, in fact, um, Jannon um, does excellent work um, offering like a fairly realistic and grounded um, perspective, but not it's like being bogged down by, say, um, photorealism. It's like, but um, it's like, but it's like I said, it's like the uh, the core, like this war, never really comes alive except in in your head. It's like I kind of wish for more scenes, like more issues where, like when um, Bruce Wayne tries to stand and negotiate a truce between the um, Riddler and the Joker, like over dinner, and there's lots of um, fascinating stuff to see to um to see between them, like from the Joker's um like taunt. Like um, joking taunts to the to the Riddler, or like how they um, talk about how like you ever had to um, cut a man's he- head off and what and how like and how that like and how and how that um, like how they wriggle when they're still when they're bleeding out. It's like it's creepy, but um, but also um, when they um, and when they try to um, persuade Bruce Wayne to um, back them when Riddler like gives us like long, really long winded, but really well thought out reason as to like why he he's the guy that Bruce Wayne should back. The Joker says, Well, like I'm the Joker, you're the Riddler. In the end, who cares about the Riddler? It's like that's very well um, in keeping with like with the character, especially the bit when um when Wayne asked for the hostages that the two have really, to have kept during the meeting in order to ensure that no uh, funny business has gone has gone in between them. Um the Rid- the Riddler like Agrees like, oh yeah, sure, you can totally, you can totally have them back. And the Joker's like, you know, I think I killed mine before I came over here. Eh, I don't know, I have to check. So, <sighs> good stuff. But I think, but um, like I said, it's I, it like while while King like really fails to to bring the war alive, it's like it's still like entertaining to to read about. As is his um, take on like on Kite Man, Kite Man, of all people, and it's like it's it's funny because you know Kite Man, also, his real name in in um, it's like in the series is Charles Brown, which yes, people, this is a, this is a thing, but um, like he, this is where these the, he gets um, Kite Man gets two issues where um, King really digs into his to the guy's character and shows you just like, yeah, he may have been a joke, maybe a joke character now, but the, but the reason like how he became this, it's really kind of tragic. And it's, it's not just because of his role in, in the, well, it's not because of like how he decided to decide with the Joker against the Riddler in the uh, war of jokes and riddles, but also because of how Batman um, used, used him in like in this conflict as well. And in fact, like the strongest part of the series is at the end when um, you find out, um, just you find out like about what what happens, like what Batman did at the end. And if the, it wouldn't surprise me if the series was just focused on um, do on selling one 
on particular plot point because, um, well, King, um, King's um, run on Batman has been, uh, it's like uneven but entertaining. I mean, the first volume was just, you know, pro forma um, superhero stuff. The second one was, you know, what if Batman had his own suicide squad? And it's as entertaining as it sounds, even if King decided to um, insert some stuff about, you know, Batman's, Batman, um, about Bruce Wayne becoming Batman is kind of a suicidal death wish. It's like, um, like into his origin, which really is more, really more morbid than this, this character needs. And then you had, um, you know, like, like the whole Batman versus Bane conflict, um, like, um, like a rehashed, but um, still done it, like still done in pretty entertaining fashion for Volume Three, and here we have a King trying to um, add even more to Batman's like formative years here. Which, to be honest, I gotta admit that that this this final bit, when it comes down to um, Batman like settling things between the Riddler and the Joker, and um, when Riddler has his fit about um like how he just can't solve the Joker and when Batman realizes, you know, it's like all the shit that Riddler's done, like specifically with regards to Kite Man's kid, it's like in in the story and what happens next and how the Joker finally manages to laugh again, it's disturbing, but wow, it's like it's it it, it it effectively sets up, you know, Batman's um, why he doesn't kill rule. And, you know, it's like, we all know that, you know, oh, Batman doesn't kill because it makes him, you know, better than you know, the people he's fighting against. But, well, this, this, uh, what King does here actually says, no, that's not why he does it. But this reason that he has here, it's like, it's actually more interesting and a lot more disturbing. It's like, so overall, it's like, yeah, I think that, um, I mean, like, I, compared to Zero Year, I don't think it's, like, it's not the stronger story, but I do think it's the best of um, King's, King's run so far. So, I mean, yeah, I do wish, like, we'd, he'd dug a bit more into the conflict, made it um, come alive more than through, through um, regular exposition, through um action rather than um exposition but um it's like but in but in the end it's like like I say it's if you're judging if you have to judge this on the fact that does it add something worthwhile like he's trying to add something worthwhile to Batman's character and his formative years and which is extremely hard in this day and age but ultimately I think he pulls it off oh and the uh, the final conversation he has between Catwoman, as as he uh, like as he like it's confesses all this, it's it's handled really well because I I like how um Catwoman like um basically um kind of puts him in his place. It's like like through all this, but also offers him some like like some condolence as well. So and it's it's not I don't think it's a spoiler at this point to say that that yeah. Like when um, Bruce went when um, he proposed to her, it's like, well, the answer is yes. I mean, so yeah, they're getting married, and um, if you think that's a spoiler, well, the next volume of the series is called Rules of Engagement. Oh, and apparently, 
we're also heading towards the marriage in issue 50. So, but which um, I hear the Joker is planning to crash. So we'll see how that goes. In fact, um, King has basically said he wants a 100 issue run on Batman, which, you know, it's like, hey, if he wants to do, do like a um, Batman married to Catwoman for 50 issues, then yeah, it's like that's more power to him. I mean, I can see him, I can see him trying to make that work. Especially, you know, I can imagine that issue 100, if it's going to be his final issue, yeah, it's going to be the divorce because yeah, something like that, Batman getting married to Catwoman, it'll be nice, but it's it's not going to last really. But for for King staying on for a for 100 issues, um, Volume Four makes that a more attractive proposition than it ha- than it has been in the past. So there you go. All right, um, John, it's like so. Any thoughts on your end from your cold, cold part of the world you're at? Hey, it sounds pretty interesting to me, and I'll probably pick up and read it. Yeah, it's like at this point, um, I like I said, I'd, rec- I'd recommend um, it's like a King's Run over Tinian's. I mean, Tinian's Run isn't bad, but it's more just kind of like uh, going through going through the motions, like with with the decent with. With like an agenda with a certain amount of style, but um, King, for better or for worse, is determined to try and like um, add stuff um, to to the Bat Mythos as he goes about it. Okay, well I guess we'll have to see. Do you know what you're going to be talking about next time? Well, I I'm expecting to uh, kick off the next podcast talking about how great Black Pan- the Black Panther movie was, mm-hmm. and I'm probably talking and assuming that uh, I get. Like um, comic, Comixology offers up um, the rest of Christopher Priest's run on Black Panther. It's like for sale. I'll probably talk about his run, which is at, at this point, at this point in our timeline, um, the definitive run on the character so far. All right, we'll catch you next time on Comic Picks by the Glitch. All right, later.